Journeying with Newman, The Path to Sainthood. Newman on the Married and the Single. I'm Stephen Bullivant from St Mary's University in Twickenham. And I'm Joanna Bullivant from the University of Oxford and married to Stephen. We're reflecting on a short passage from Newman's translation of a fragment of poetry from St Gregory of Nazianzus entitled The Marriage and the Single. And we're drinking now, our three children are finally asleep as well. Exactly. List. You shall hear the gifts of price that lie gathered and bound within the marriage tie. What taught the arts of life, the truths which sleep in earth or highest heaven or vasty deep? What filled the mart and urged the vessel brave to link in one fair countries o'er the wave? What raised the town? What gave the type and germ of social union and of sceptre firm? What the first husbandman, the glebe to plough, and rear the garden, but the marriage vow. Nay, list again, who seek its kindly chain, a second self, a double presence gain. Hands, eyes, and ears to act or suffer here, till in the weak inspire both love and fear. A comrade's sigh to soothe when cares annoy, a comrade's smile to elevate his joy. Now, we discovered this poem in an effort to explore what Newman had to say on the subject of marriage, but it also has a nice, though somewhat tenuous, personal connection. Newman was fascinated by the saints of the 3rd and 4th centuries, including St Gregory of Nazianzus and St John Chrysostom. He wrote of the saints of this period, I do not know where else to find the daily life, the secret heart of such favoured servants of God in their completeness and fidelity. What I want to trace and study is the real, hidden, but human life, or the interior, as it is called, of such glorious creations of God. Newman wanted to understand not simply God's divine intervention in the lives of the saints, but their human lives and struggles. And in this passage, we can see that balancing of the spiritual dimension of marriage with its social, material, practical elements. St John Chrysostom wrote likewise in a reading we had at our wedding, the love of husband and wife is the force that welds society together. I think this passage speaks to us today because it speaks to the deepest meaning of marriage when we hear that we gain a second self, which implies a double personhood, a spiritual union, and yet Newman talks before and after about how this connection to another person is not only a source of physical and emotional comfort, but what grinds the wheels of society, because our love and responsibility for a family is what motivates us to farm, build towns, garden. Although marriage hasn't been conducive to gardening in our case. <laughs> marriage was all right. It was children that really did the ruin that. Yes. Um, erecting trampolines in our garden. Mm. <laughs> so, so we should say too that this passage might be taken as implying that there is something wrong with being single but that's not the case it's a discourse on the different roles and virtues of married or single life we often hear within christianity or it's often said that oh until x time in the recent past the church had a very negative view of marriage 
and an over-exalted view in comparison of the celibate state. And you can see where this is coming from, but it's certainly true that very deep within tradition, like that quotation from St. John Chrysostom that we had at our wedding, that you do find this much more fuller, richer theology of marriage already present that then kind of gets taken up and allowed to flower by saying, well, John Paul II is the most obvious example, but by no means the only one. Mm. And it's also this connection between the material and spiritual dimensions of love has much deeper significance beyond the marriage state. It's the idea, for example, that drives Victor Hugo's analysis of poverty and morality in Les Miserables. But it's not something we talk about much today. And so I think that's why this passage from Newman is so important, because it's presenting how marriage isn't simply a private, emotional, spiritual connection. It's about two complete human beings living in and contributing to the world. No, I think that's true. And the other thing that always strikes me is the church's social teaching is often put at odds with its moral and personal teaching. So it's sort of the family marriage stuff is often contrasted to the social teaching. And I think this is just completely nonsensical. I mean, Humana Vitae is very clearly, and to even read it in the context in which it's written, is very clearly a part of the church's social teaching for precisely these reasons, that what happens in the marriage and family can't be divorced from the wider world in which Mm. marriages and families exist. Exactly. And I think that's been our experience too, that our sense of social responsibility of our path as Christians has been incredibly bound up with the experience of our marriage. Oh, absolutely. And, Mm. uh, you know, particularly that, you know, we're both converts and, you know, we've very much grown into the faith together. Yeah.